Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Joel. The book of Joel. Many of you have never opened your Bibles to the book of It's on page 1338. Joel is an amazing book. It's only got three chapters, but it is a, a bomb of prophecy that God gives us that we need to especially pay attention to in these days. Now, we've been talking about Bible prophecy, and where are we in the face of what we've seen going on in the world, around the world? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard uh, our president's speech the other day. Um, we need to be paying attention to what's going on in, in the world. We talked about Genesis 12, where God says, I will bless those who bless Israel. Um, when Sam comes, Sam is the president of, and you've met him many times before, Sam's the president of Karen Hazot, uh, Karen Hazot gave us uh, last month the first time Protector of Zion Award in uh, the Knesset in Israel. And Karen Hazot is over 100 years old. Uh, about eight years ago, we started the first Gentiles in the history of the world. Are the first, we're, we're, us, this ministry, we're the first Gentiles to start working with Karen Hazot. Up until that point, it's been all Jewish people. And God says in Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless Israel. This is the God who heals. This is the God who delivers. This is God who brings gold coins out of fish's mouth. When we bless Israel, not just pray for Israel, not just love Israel. When we bless Israel, what this ministry does, when we bless Israel, God vows he will bless us. How many want a blessing of God on our lives? Say amen. You guys are too quiet. It's Labor Day. Say amen real loud. Thank you. Thank you. Then we talked about having faith. When I, Jesus said, when I return, Satan will wear out the saints. He'll try to beat you down. But we need to keep our eyes on the good news. And, and I suggest don't watch the news so much. That kind of news is the bad news. We need to focus. We need to know what's going on, but we need to focus on the good news. And the good news is, is that when the Messiah comes, he's coming for a glorious bride. He's coming for a bride without spot or without wrinkle. But we need to be prepared for what the Lord is getting ready to do. So we're talking about favor of God. We're talking about faith. And today and next week, I want to talk about prophecy and prosperity and what does God say is going to be our state as far as economics when we see the coming of the Messiah or in the last days of the coming of the Messiah? Read with me in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. Now, go over with me to verse 23. 
Here the Lord says, blow the trumpet in Zion. We know that. You know, when I first got saved, we used to sing that song every Sunday. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Where's my, where's my, my uh, shofar? Okay, so when it says trumpet, it's actually the word shofar. And so God is giving instruction, especially for the last days, that the high priest or the priesthood would get on the corner of the temple mound and they would go like this. Let me see if I can, <laughs> we can edit this, right? Now, what you're supposed to do when you hear that, now, now think about this is for, this is for all of Israel. But all of Israel can't hear it. So what you're to do is when you heard, if you were living by Jerusalem and you heard the trumpet sound, you were to grab your shofar and blow away from the Temple Mount and pass the news on, we need to get ready. God is about to do something spectacular. And then those further away would hear it, and they would blow the shofar so that everybody in the land knew. Everybody in Israel knew God was getting ready to do something tremendous. Now, the shofar is symbolic of the birth pangs that we hear about on the coming of the Messiah. We know something's about to be born, so we have these birth pangs. We have these movements. We have these, these, these signs from God that something is about to be birthed in our lives that will change everything. Now, the Bible says, is there not an appointed time? Now, let me say this, and I say this all the time when we teach on our television program. God is God 24-7. Every moment of every day, God is God. Can I have an amen? amen? But yet, even though God is God 24-7, the Bible says that there are appointed times on God's calendar. If you were to have God in heaven and every day of the year before him, you would see that there are certain days on God's calendar that he lets us know when these days are. We're not guessing. We're not thinking, oh, it must be around there. On this exact moment, this is what's called an appointed time. In Hebrew, that's the word moadim. It's not around this time. It's at this exact moment. This is my appointed time on my calendar. Now, God is God 24-7. Every moment of every day, God is God. But the Bible says in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah says, call upon the Lord while he is near. Now, I know most of you know this, but most of the church does not know this, okay? Here am I. I'm Pastor Larry, okay? I'm still Pastor Larry. I'm still Pastor Larry. But I'm nearer to you now than I was up there. You know, Tiz says it so well when we're teaching on television. She said, the sun in Texas here in Dallas is the same sun in January that it is in August. 
right? It's not a different sun. But the intensity of that sun in August, you know, what do we have? Almost 70 days this summer of over 100 degrees. Now, we're not going to get 100 degrees in January. It's the same sun. What's the difference between August and January? What's the difference? It's closer. In January, it's further away. Same sun, but in August, it's closer. On these appointed times, on these moedims, God's healing power, God's prosperity power, God's deliverance power, God's blessing power, on these appointed days, God's power is closer to us than it is any other time. He's still the God who heals. He's still the God who brings gold coins out of fish's mouth. He's still the God that opens blind eyes. He's still the God that sets the captive free. But he says, pay attention. Look for me on my calendar. That's why we have a, a calendar out there that's just a phenomenal calendar that shows all of these appointed times. And we don't have to guess at it. We know exactly when that's going to happen on God's calendar. And the reason he wants us to know that is because he wants, us to, he wants to be sure we don't miss the blessing that God has for us on these appointed times. JB, can we pull up the, the timeline? Have we, have we got that ready for today? The timeline. Right now, we are in... On God's calendar, on the Hebrew calendar, we are in what's called the month of Elul. The month of Elul is the last month of the year on God's calendar. Rosh Hashanah actually means the head of the year. So in a few weeks, this year ends, and God gives us a new beginning for the whole rest of the year. All right? Now, most of the church world doesn't know this. Most of the church world is not aware of God's calendar. And my people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. So, in the month of Elul, for 30 days, we are to blow the trumpet. Every day, we are to blow the trumpet and sound the alarm. Now, I want, you to, I want you to hear what I'm about to say because it's powerful. How many know the scripture, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? Now look at me. Every one of us is going to face the enemy, face the devil. The devil may come against your finances or your health or your marriage or your children or your family or whatever. And God says the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, the battles that we face, maybe it's a financial battle, maybe it's a, a health battle, maybe it's a marriage battle. That battle is spiritual, right? We battle not with flesh and blood. But we do battle with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. The battles that we face, 
Now, they may come through people or they come, may come through somebody in your family or a neighbor or where you work or something. But we need to understand we battle not with flesh and blood. Say this out loud. My battle, My battle. is a spiritual battle. Okay, that's the key. That's the first key. That's the first key in winning the battle. Every battle we face is a spiritual battle. The second key is understand the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are supernatural and spiritual. Why is it that when we're when we come into God's house, God says, when you come into my house, I want you to lift up your hands. I want let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Listen, when you're going through a battle, the last thing you feel like doing is praising God. But God, who will win that battle for you, God inhabits what? God inhabits what? So God says, listen, I know you may not feel like it, so let me give you instruction. How many, I don't know about you, but I don't know if it's, this is a man thing or it's just me thing. When I'm putting something together, I hate instructions. I was putting something together the other day, and it goes, slot A goes into slot B. I'm going, what? I'm, 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 I'm backslid already in my heart. I'm already backslid. But if you don't follow the instructions, I don't know about you, but I always end up having extra pieces, and it doesn't work right, right? Come on, man. Help me here. Am I the only one here? Tis, you know, I don't, maybe it's a woman saying, Tiz is better at putting stuff together. I'm terrible. I, 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 you know, I, oh, I'm just going to put it together. And they got something sticking out here and the, the swing set's going backwards or whatever. But God gives us instructions. He says, when you, which means you, come into my house, which is his house, he said, I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to shout with the voice of triumph. Let everything that has breath, how many of you are still breathing? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. That's not carnal. That's spiritual. Doesn't matter if we feel like it. Doesn't matter if it's our personality. Doesn't matter. God says, lift up your hands. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. And God comes and inhabits the praises of his people. You know, we're coming into uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and I'll explain that in a minute. And, and every year during Yom Kippur, at least once a year, every one of us is to be rebaptized. Now, we won't do a baptism because of... COVID and everybody's afraid of that thing. We'll do a hand washing, which is symbolic of baptism. You say, well, I've never heard of that before. Jesus was baptized. What is baptism? Well, it's an outward sign of an inward work. Jesus didn't need an outward sign of an inward work. Well, it's a sign of we're joining the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't need to join the kingdom of God. Jesus was about to enter into a new dimension of his ministry and baptism means when you go into that water it breaks every negative limitation off of you that's been around you for you say well uh, i haven't been around anything negative have you turned on the television have you listened to the president's speech 
Have you been to work? Have your in-laws come over? It's supernatural. It's not, and most Christians don't know it. It's a, it's a weapon of our warfare. When you go into that water, when Jesus came out of that water, what came on him? Power of God. He broke the limitations of this world, and it's called in Hebrew, born again. A power. So when the Bible talks about the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God. There is a weapon that we use anytime we need it, but especially right now in this month of Elul, and that's the blowing of the shofar. Listen to this. Numbers 10.9 says, when you go to war in your land against the enemy who tries to oppress you, then you, say me, me. say it again, me. say it again, me. then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpet, the shofar, and you will be remembered before the Lord. You will be saved from your enemy. You want me to read that again? I don't know about you. Now, I didn't blow the shofar yesterday because it was the Sabbath, but I'm blowing the shofar. This is a terrible illustration. This is a terrible illustration. But did you ever watch the, I, I love the old cowboy movies. And, and the wagons are in a circle and they're outnumbered by a million Indians. Why, why is it when the cowboys win, it's a victory. When the Indians win, it's a massacre. Why, why is that? Whoever writes the history books get to make who wins. But here's the Indians and they're going to wipe out the poor settlers. And all of a sudden you hear, or whatever the sound that is, I don't know, charge sound or whatever. And the Indians hear and they go, oh no, here comes the army and they flee. Well, they still do that today. They still blow the trumpet in, in the army. It's a sign that help is on its way. Listen to this. When you go to war in your land, are you, are, are you having a war in your home, your family, your finances? When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the shofar. You will be remembered before the Lord and you will be saved from your enemy. Now, there's a lot of people that don't believe that when you lift up your hands and praise God, God inhabits the praises of his people. They may not believe it, but they're wrong because God said, here's what I want you to do. Well, here's something for the end times. You know, when, when I was reading the book of Daniel and I shared about the mysterious numbers in the book of Daniel, it's interesting one of the things that he said on the coming of the Antichrist is the Antichrist will try to change the high holidays. And when I read that, I thought, if the Antichrist is going to try to change the high holidays, that must mean that we have come back to the high holidays that ushers in the coming of the Messiah. Right? So first off, when we blow the shofar, we sound the trumpet and the enemy hears that we belong to the army of God. And God said, I will hear that. 
and I will come and save you from your enemy. Listen, if I'm battling something, I don't care if I feel like it. I don't care if it's my personality. I don't care if it's the way I'm made. I, I can remember when I first came to church and people were lifting their hands and they were praising God. And I said these words, I will never do that. You know, we, Tiz and I used to pastor amongst the uh, Navajo Indians, and there's a saying amongst the Navajos, when you say you won't do something, you're the next to do it. I will never, I'm too, I'm looking and I go, I am way too cool to lift my hands like that. I want you to know something, man. I love lifting my hands and praising almighty God because he is God, but also because he comes and he inhabits, he lives when I praise him. And when you praise him, the God of healing, miracles, financial breakthrough, he lives in us. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The Bible says when, when you come and you clap your hands, shout with a voice of triumph. You know, I've preached on this before, but I'm going to tell you something. If you can't, you, you better learn to praise him now. Because there's a time when we're going to heaven, there's nobody going to stand before the Lord and, they go, and, and the Lord goes, well done, now come on in. You go, oh, thank you very much. I'm so glad I'm not burning in hell. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on the streets of gold. Man, we're going to, you know, I, I always think about when I think about going into heaven. Um, when, I played, when I played football in college, there was a guy that led the marching band. And he was, he was like six foot hundred and, and big, tall, lanky guy. And then he had a big hat on that. And he had the big baton. And he'd come marching out, leading that group. That's a football game. Can you imagine what it's like when God sees us lifting our hands and we're not winning a football game, we're winning in life. My friend, listen to me. There ain't nobody so cool that they can't lift their hands and shout to Almighty God and let his miracle power come in our lives. That's the weapons of our warfare. Amen? God hears that. Now, I don't know about you, but I have shofars at home. And when I need it, when I need that shofar, when I need a, a breakthrough, it's just like a tallit. I don't pray every time I pray. I don't put my tallit on. But when I really need to hear from God and I really need a breakthrough and I need the enemy not to come and speak to my mind, I'll put that tallit on and I'll close the door. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Can I throw you another one out? The Bible says, take my word and put it on the doorposts of your house. You look in all of our doors. We have what's called mezuzahs or mezuzahs as some people say. And that's the word of God. That's the written word of God on the door. You say, oh, well, pastor, you, you don't really think that there's something happens when you have God's word written on the doorpost of your house. Well, let me ask you something. Somebody gives you a book on the devil on witchcraft and say, you don't need to read it. Just put it in your house. Would you do it? No, of course. Why? Why wouldn't you do it? You're not reading it. Just sitting there because there's spirits in those words. Am I right? You wouldn't do that. You're absolutely right. It's not a true question. You wouldn't put it in there. Why? Because there's spirits in those words. Well, if there's spirits in the words of he who loses, 
How much more are there spirits on the word of living God? Put it on the doorposts of your house. See, in the last days, the Bible says our eyes will be open. So when we blow the shofar, anytime we're in a battle where we get under the tallit or whatever it is, we understand that God never gives us something that's a ritual. But God always gives us something that is a revelation. Be not hearers of the word only, but say it out loud. Doers. So I looked up the word doer in Hebrew, and you know what it means? Do it. (laughs) It's like, I'm thirsty. Drink this water. Oh, I I had to drink that water. No, go ahead and drink it. I I drink that water. Do it. Oh, my thirst is quenched. When you come into my house, lift up your hands. When you wake up in the morning, what do you first think? Before your feet hit the ground, what do you do? Modeani. I give you praise. Before you you even think about showering, and some of you ought to think about showering every day. Before you think about coffee, before, before your feet hit the ground, you say, Modeani, I give you praise. You're starting your day out praising the king of, don't, don't turn on the news. Don't, you know, the worst thing, don't turn on the news before you go to work. Turn on, a, turn on one of my tapes or turn on a program or something. But before you do anything, praise him. What are you praising him for? Well, one, you woke up. Number two, he inhabits the prayer. Your day is going to be inhabited by the miracle power of God because you start your day off in spiritual warfare and victory. Somebody say amen. Amen. Winning is not an accident. Winning is following God's instruction. Amen. You will be saved from your enemy. The second reason, and there's a lot of reasons for blowing the shofar, but listen to Joel chapter two, verse one that we just read. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, let me show you something real quick. Can we bring the timeline back up? The Bible says that in Daniel that the Antichrist is going to try to remove the high holidays. Why is he going to try to remove the festivals? Because on the days of the festivals, God is closer to us. God's power is here. The windows of heaven are opened up, and we'll talk about this next week. The windows of heaven that we talk about in Malachi are not open 365 days of the year. They're open during these appointed times. And then after a few days, they close and they never open again for one whole year. Now, God is still God 24-7. Say amen. Amen. But the open window of heaven only is opened up during these appointed seasons. This is why in the book of Genesis, and we'll read it tomorrow or next Sunday, the book of Genesis, God says, I give you seasons We think he's talking about winter, spring, summer, and fall. No, he's talking about the season of Passover. He's talking about the season of Shavuot, Pentecost. He's talking about the season of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles. 
Now, the Bible says these things are a shadow of things that will come. Now, when we hear the word shadow, we think that the shadow is something less, something less than the real thing. But if we remember where Peter, there were so many people that Peter needed to be healed that he couldn't get to them. And so they put him all along the street, the blind, the lame, the crippled, and his shadow would pass over. Now, how many believe if we lay hands on the sick, they'll recover? How many believe if we anoint someone with oil, they'll recover, right? Well, what if there's too many? The Bible says Peter's shadow passed over them. You know, years and years ago, I was asked to come to to Jerusalem to meet with Derek Prince. Many, many people don't know who Derek Prince is. Derek Prince is one of the greatest Christian leaders the world has ever seen. And I was the last person that, in the world that he prayed for. He passed away right after he prayed for me. And he was dying of cancer. Long, long, long story, another whole long story. But he gave me a scripture that says that we are in the shadow of God's hand and that he would launch us as a polished shaft, an arrow. And Derek Prince said to me, you're that arrow. He said, God is going to show you things. You're that arrow. God first showed me, now he's showing you. You're that arrow that will go into the world out of the shadow of God's hand. That shadow of God's hand is God's hand. It's not something less. So when the Bible says that, These holidays are a shadow of things to come. My shadow, my shadow is coming on tis, but eventually I get there. I want you to show, I want to show you this. Passover was a shadow until Jesus became the Passover lamb. Right? Now, what happened on Passover when they sacrificed the lamb was exactly what happened for the world when Jesus, our Passover lamb, was sacrificed. The difference is that before Jesus, that sacrifice, that blessing of the Passover lamb only lasted one year. And then they have to another year again, they'd have to do it again. But once Jesus came, I don't need a Passover lamb every year. He is my Passover lamb forever and ever and ever and to whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Right? Okay, so it was a shadow until Jesus came. No longer the shadow, the hand's there. Go to Shavuot, Pentecost, 50 days later, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Every year on Shavuot, God would release financial blessing. God would release the spirit, the anointing, the Shekinah glory. But once the Holy Spirit came, I, don't, I, I have the Holy Spirit every day in my life. You have the Holy Spirit. It was a shadow till the real thing came. Now watch this. So now we get to the month of Elul. For 30 days, we blow the shofar. We're saying, get ready. Wake up. One, we blow the shofar whenever we want to defeat the enemy. It's a weapon of a warfare. 
But the second thing is we blow the shofar to say, get ready, something is about to happen. Now, I'm going to get to part two next week, but let me leave you with this. 30 days have blown the shofar. I believe that's birth pangs. I believe that's Bible prophecies that we're seeing happen. The COVID, the COVID vaccine, one world government, all the things that's happening right now around the world. It is the blowing of the shofar saying, get ready, something is about to happen. Rosh Hashanah, which means the head of the year, and then Yom Kippur, and then Feast of the Tabernacles. Passover happened exactly on Passover. Exactly. Not around that time. Exactly. While they were sacrificing the lamb on the Temple Mount, Jesus was dying on Calvary. Exactly. Say exactly. Fifty days later, when the day of Pentecost, that's what Pentecost means, Pentecost 50, when the day of Pentecost fully came, Shavuot on the exact moment, the reason why all the Jews were in, in the temple was because it was Pentecost. It was the day that, it was, excuse me, it was the day that, that the Holy Spirit was to fall. They were in one mind and one accord, and the Holy Spirit fell on that exact day. You look at Rosh Hashanah, I believe Rosh Hashanah is the rapture. Now, it happened exactly on Pentecost. It happened exactly on Shavuot. I believe Rosh Hashanah is a shadow of the rapture. Yom Kippur is the shadow of the second coming. And Sukkot is a shadow of the wedding supper of the lamb. Now, let me say this right off the bat. I may be wrong. I want that on, on film. I may be wrong. <laughs> because it's happened exactly the way God has said. Now, I'm going to close with this because I want to pray for you. On Rosh Hashanah, 30 days of blowing the shofar, 30 days of saying, wake up. On Rosh Hashanah, if the rapture takes place, God will open the book and he will say, is their name written? Jesus says, I come quickly and I bring my reward with me. Once the rapture, how many, if the rapture took place today, how many would make the rapture? You're serving God, you'd make the rapture. All right. How many would have a reward? Because he'll will be rewarded for the deeds that we have done. Right? If the rapture doesn't take place, Rosh Hashanah is in about three weeks. So that means that if we're right, and once again, I... Maybe it's just a coincidence that the Passover happened exactly on Passover. Maybe it's a coincidence that Pentecost happened on the exact moment of Shavuot. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for those who have eyes to see, let them see. You look at 30 days of Elul. Why blow the shofar? If the rapture 
takes place. My voice, your voice needs to be saying to everybody around us, are you ready for the rapture? What if it took place this year? What if the rapture took place this year? We know it's close. We see Bible prophecy, correct? We know it's close. You don't want to be left behind. The one thing I, was, I didn't get to read, and I'll read it next week in Joel, is right after he says, blow the trumpet in Zion, then he lists all this horrible stuff that's going to take place for those who missed the rapture. But then it shows all the wonderful things that's going to take place before, right before the rapture for those who are paying attention. So in, on the, the, the day of Rosh Hashanah, Remember Moses said to God, God's angry. The children of Israel, they built the golden calf. God's angry. And Moses says to God, God, if you're going to remove their name from the book, remove my name too. Well, what book's he talking about? At the rapture, the book will be open and God will determine whether we get in, but he'll also determine what reward we have for eternity now someday it will not be a shadow it'll be the real thing so the first thing we need to understand is why we're seeing all this bible prophecy this is the blowing of the shofar we need to go to everybody we know and say are you ready to meet jesus we need to bring people to church we need to start getting people saved we need to get back doing what god wants us to do and tell the world that jesus christ is the king of kings and the lord of lords we need to get and not just oh man look at what's happening we need to take that and turn away from the temple and blow the we need to blow the shofar at school we need to blow not literally but our voice needs to be that shofar and say we need to get ready for the coming of the messiah okay here's where i close this week what if the rapture doesn't take place in what if the rapture does take place in three years three weeks that'd be good you can have all my bills you can have you can have the church but what if it doesn't take place well god still opens the book that's what moses is talking about he said if you're going to remove their name from the book remove my name from the book also now, if you were to ask most Christians, what book's he talking about? He said, they would say, well, the Lamb's Book of Life. There is no Lamb's Book of Life yet. In Judaism, every Rosh Hashanah, every Rosh Hashanah, God opens the book of blessing, and he looks to see what you and I have done to make the world a better place today than it was this time last year. Every, that's what Moses is talking about. Moses is talking about, I'll burn in hell for him. Listen, I love you, but I ain't going to hell for you. I'll go to bat for you. I'll go in the baptismal tank with you. I'll go on the bus in Israel with you, but I am not going to hell for you. You're on your own. He's not talking about the eternal book. He's talking about the book for this year. So they would blow the shofar for 30 days, and God is saying, get ready for the coming yeah. or get ready for the blessing. Yeah. If we make the rapture, we don't need any more prosperity. We don't need any more healing. We don't need any more deliverance. We don't need any more miracles. We're in heaven. But if the rapture doesn't take place, then God has us blow the shofar for, for 30 days leading up to Rosh Hashanah. 
And he's saying, make sure you're doing something. Make sure you're helping somebody. Make sure you're feeding the orphans. Do, do something good. Because when you give to me, I will be no man's debtor and I give to you. So these 30 days are, while we're, while we're looking at Bible prophecy that's going on all over the world, we're number one saying, am I ready to meet the Messiah? Am I ready to go to heaven? If the rapture were to take place now, am I ready? The second thing is, is have I made the world a better place right now than it was this time last year? And I can say to almost all of us and all of us watching by stream around the world, we just helped save 30,000 lives in Ukraine. This month we fed 50,000 meals to kids. And so that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Is that God is saying, I may be coming, but if I'm not coming, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're here to make a difference. You say, well, pastor, what, what difference could I make? I, I, I'm, you know, I, I just, I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I'm just a worker. Well, you know, not that, not that many years ago, I was a drug addict lost. And a little Hispanic guy saw me on the street smoking dope and said, I've never done this before, but Jesus is who you're looking for. Yeah. I go, what? <laughs> But you know what? God says, my words will not come back void. And he walked away, and I thought, who is that masked man? This little man, Bill Trujillo. Bill died not long after he led me to the Lord. Had an accident and died. I don't know if Bill ever led anybody else to the Lord but me. But I've had the privilege of leading millions to the Lord. And every one of those, Bill gets a mark by his name up in heaven because he's made a difference. Can I be honest with you? When I first came to church, I had done drugs for so long and so, much, so many drugs that I had two college degrees. They put me, well, I lacked a couple hours for my second degree. They put me in the 15 and under Sunday school class because I couldn't talk. We'd go to a friend's house or for home group meetings and uh, life groups, and I'd just sit in a rocking chair and drink coffee, and they go, okay, Larry, it's time to go. I had done drugs for so long that I could barely talk. But I get to stand before you, with you, and tell you about the answer to the whole world's problem, whose name is Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? And you're, you're, you're to get a double portion. If you're sitting under this ministry or here around the world, you're to get a double portion. We need to look at what's going on. We need to hear the blowing of the shofar. We need to see what's going on in the world and use that. Use that to say, you know what? I hear that. I, I, I need to get serious about serving God, but I also need to get serious about sharing that good news with somebody else. Because there's people all around you that haven't heard that blowing of the trumpet yet. Bill Trujillo was five days old in the Lord. Five days old in the Lord. Was a street drug addict. And somebody led him to the Lord. Five days later, he blew that shofar and woke me up. And I found out Jesus was who I was looking for. Amen.
Could I have you stand with me all over the building? How many believe we're living? The reason, you know, the reason I'm doing this series is, man, it looks scary out there. But can I share with you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Whatever we're facing, we're not facing it alone. We're facing it with Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus defeated death. Don't you know he can defeat marriage problems, sickness, financial problems? When Jesus hung on the cross, he looked at you and he looked at me, and he shouted with the voice of triumph, it's finished. And all of this begins with us knowing Christ as our Savior. I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around. You're here right now and you say, Pastor Larry, you know, I need Jesus in my heart. I've never been saved. I've never been born again. Or maybe you have and you've kind of fallen away or gotten a little lukewarm or actually backslid. But today is the day of salvation. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed, you're here today. You say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to Jesus. Slip your hand up all over the building and just hold it there where I can see it. And hold it there the whole time because I don't want to miss anybody. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, that hand. God bless you, that hand. Keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. Keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand. God bless you. That hand. That hand, God bless you. That hand, God bless you. That hand, sir, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. That hand, that hand. Give them a great big clap offering. Man, I am so proud of you. You know what? I'm looking at, I'm looking at men, big, burly men, men, men raising their hand. I'm looking at young girls raising their hand. I'm looking at white and black and brown raising their hand. And you know what? The Bible says when one comes to the Lord, heaven celebrates. But we want to celebrate with you. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something. And I want to, I want to make this an everyday part of our, of our service. When I got saved, the most important thing I realized is I need never be ashamed that I'm giving my life to Jesus. Amen. I wasn't a closet gang member. I wasn't a closet drug addict. I wasn't a closet dope dealer. I was out in public. And I want every one of you that raise your hand know that we are so proud of you that you are not ashamed to say, you know what, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And so I would like to ask you to do something with me. If you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but God's moving on your heart. I would like for you to give Tiz and I the great privilege of meeting you. If you raise your hand and say, Pastor Larry, I want Jesus in my life, or maybe you didn't and God's still dealing with you, I want you to come down and meet us right here in front. Come right now. Give the, give the Lord a big hand. Can we sing? Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. You raise your hand. Come, please. Do us the honor. Do us the privilege of praying with you and shaking your hand and saying how much we love you. Come on, folks, clap your hands. Come on, look at this, look at this. God bless you, God bless you. Come on, folks, come on, there's more. I know there's a lot more than raise your hand. Don't be, don't be, don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Come on now, 
we need a little more, a little more um, a little more um. Come on now. If there's somebody by you, if there's somebody next to you, what's your name? Good to meet you, man. Welcome, welcome. What's your name? Good to have you, brother. Welcome, welcome. What's your name? Good to have you, brother. Welcome. God bless. God bless you guys. What's your name? Good to have you. What's your name? Come on, say I'm a Good to have you. Welcome, welcome. You're with them? together and uh, there are probably three times as many that raised their hand that came down and that's okay we're gonna pray for you and you're gonna pray and the Lord's gonna touch you but let me tell you something don't ever be ashamed don't ever be ashamed to say you know what I'm accepting the love of Jesus Christ into my heart don't I I know it's I know I, I faced when I first got saved, I, I faced the same thing. But can I tell you something else? Once I asked him, in a, when I first got saved, nobody came and prayed with me. I had long hair, no shirt on, and I, 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 I was a drug addict, heroin addict. And everybody walked around me and said, well, he'll never make it. Well, I made it. I'm not in heaven yet, but I'm doing okay. I'm all, I'm all right. But you know something? Once I experienced that, every service for like three months, I'd come down and get resaved. And finally, my pastor said, I'm serious, every service he pulled out, I'd come down and get saved again. And finally, my pastor said, you know, Larry, once you do it once, it's done. I said, no, you don't know who I was. <laughs> he goes, it doesn't matter. It's done. And you know, that's the wonderful thing. In Passover, it was a once a year thing. But with Jesus, it's a forever thing. And our best is yet to come. Amen. Let's close our eyes, lift our hands before the Lord. And all you out here, look, look at me one second. You know what a hoopah is? A wedding canopy. And what's happening is we're the bride, bride and he's the bridegroom. So when these folks come down to give their lives or rededicate their lives, Lord, lift your hands up and cover them like a wedding canopy. Cover them with your prayers and your anointing. It's so powerful. Let's all say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price for all my sins. 
right now I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances. I declare every curse is reversed and every blessing is received. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, here's what I want us to do. Next Sunday, I'll finish this. I'll show you the key to prosperity in prophecy. But understand this. And I, man, I don't, don't help me keep from preaching. You are forbidden by God not to desire the blessings and the prosperity of God. You are forbidden. Ancient Jewish wisdom says you are forbidden by God not to desire the blessings and the prosperity of God. Years ago, years ago, I did a, an amazing conference in India. I mean, tens and tens of thousands of Christian leaders in India. And when I got there, I said, what do you want me to preach on? And they said, prosperity. I said, okay, you want me to preach on how to prosper? And uh, no, 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 on, on giving. No, 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 on, on sowing a seed. No, 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 these are all Christian leaders. They do that. I said, well, I don't understand. They said, in India, we have a sect. Is it sect? Caste, caste system. And he said, if you're born this way, to want to rise up is not good. And you need to let them know God wants them to rise up. God wants them to rise up. So I'm teaching this. And all of a sudden, they burst into praise. And I'm thinking, I got a half hour more to go. And I looked at the pastor. He goes, let's go to lunch. And I go, go to lunch. He goes, they got it. He said, they'll be praising for the next two hours. We went to lunch, had tea, came back. They're still praising God because they realize our God is a good God and it's our Father's good pleasure. Look at me. Look at me. It is your heavenly Father's good pleasure to bring you the blessing of God, not a gimmick, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. And in these last days, when we get into Rosh Hashanah in three weeks, I want you to expect that God will honor the seeds that you've been sowing, the good deeds that you've been doing. I met with a guy, I met with a guy in Israel. He, he's, he's, I won't tell you where he's from or whatever. And he's not from Israel. I met him in Israel for the, he just sold, they just sold part of their business part of their business for more money than, uh, should I even, where's Tiz? Should I tell him, where's Tiz? Should I say how much? No. It's, it's like, how much? And he goes, that's only part of the business. Because, and you know what he said to us? He said, because we have a job to do. And God's going to make sure that we get the finances, he gets the finances to the right people to do what God's called us to do. Your best in the area of prosperity is yet to come. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering and say amen.